Well, good morning, Axis Church. How are we doing today? Good to see you guys. Uh, well, we are in a series called Fresh Fruit. We've talked about love and joy, and today my assignment is to talk about peace. Does anybody else feel like peace is hard to find these days? Honestly, I think there's a whole movement out there that seems just devoted to creating chaos instead of peace. I try to remind myself that sometimes that the news cycle has always focused on the worst and the most challenging of events because it would be a pretty boring news day to say, things are actually going surprisingly well. Back to you, Jim. You know, I mean, it would be like, what? And that would be kind of, kind of awkward. But I, I want to admit to you guys right up in the beginning, though, that as I approached this topic, especially on Monday, as I started this week, I'm just overwhelmed with that idea of, man, I, peace is hard to find. And there's so much going on in the world today that I want to just be really upfront and say, I feel the tension that so many of you feel today as well. I feel the tension of the real need to protect our borders and yet also being compassionate to those who seek a new life in America. I feel the tension when I would uh, hear some of the cringeworthy statements of our former president, and he would make, and I would think, that wouldn't be my approach. And yet now I feel deep conflict on the decisions that are being made today. I, I have beliefs about freedom, the role of government, the sanctity of life, and the protection of the innocent. I feel a lack of peace when I see people in Afghanistan being harmed, in particular innocent women and children. I feel a lack of peace when I hear from my friends who are people of color and some of their experiences that they've had with people that weren't that kind to them. And yet I also feel the tension of being labeled a racist by the nature of my birth, even though I genuinely care about people from all nationalities. I really look forward to the day where one day we will stand before God in heaven and it will be every nation, tribe, tongue, and language all together. I feel a lack of peace when I see families struggling with COVID and others who struggle with their concerns about the side effects of the vaccine. I just feel the tension of all of this. And I feel the tension as a pastor or leader because I know even bringing up topics like this causes angst in all of us. And there will be some who say, you're not entitled to your opinion. And others who say, don't bring that into church. And all I'm doing is admitting that my own challenge with the things that so many of us are facing today, how we long for peace. Peace is what most people want and most people don't have. It's what we pray for in the Middle East. It's what eludes so many people. According to the World Health Organization, 40 people commit, or every 40 seconds, somebody commits suicide. Peace is what's missing from our homes and most hearts. It, it is what most of us long for and I want to tell you today, friends, that it is possible. In fact, the Apostle Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, that the fruit of the Spirit is peace. It's not something that you manufacture. It's not something you create. It is something that comes from the heart of God into us. It is one of the character traits of both Christ and those who follow Christ. And so, friends, this is, this is what we long for today. And it is the presence of Christ that brings peace. 
Now, that is so different than the world's view of peace, which is the absence of something. It's the absence of health problems, the absence of trouble, the absence of financial setbacks. But the peace we're talking about, the peace that true followers of Christ have, is gaining something. It's not the absence of something. It's gaining the peace of Christ, which passes understanding. It's an abiding peace that remains steady in the midst of the storm. And it is possible to have that kind of peace. Jesus himself said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. So regardless of what you are going through in this life, the peace of Christ is available. And I think there are three big areas that we're going to delve into today that we all need peace in, peace with ourselves, peace with others, and peace with God. Very simple. And the way that I wrote it was this. That Christ's peace is an internal peace that rests in his presence to endure hardship. That's the kind of abiding peace that I'm talking about. Because I have a sense today that some of you have felt like we're cruising along pretty good. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it seemed like the storm of life hit. And that is really not that different than what the apostles faced on the Sea of Galilee one day when they were in a boat and they're riding along. seems like not a storm cloud in the sky And they're just going along peacefully, and suddenly a huge storm comes up over the horizon and over the lake. And and it takes them really unexpectedly. Does that sound familiar to you? Your boss says, I need to see you in my office. Your teenage daughter says, I just took a pregnancy test. Your spouse says, we need to talk. Your doctor says, I've got your report. Where is Jesus when the storm was happening? Asleep in the boat. The disciples uh, thought, well, he doesn't care about us. And how many of us have thought that life happens? And we think, well, Jesus, where's he at? He doesn't care about me, but he did care. He was just at peace. He woke up, he rebuked the waves, he rebuked the disciples, and he just asked them a very pointed question then, where is your faith? Don't you know I control the waves? Don't you know I care about you? Don't know I, I love you? Now, now that the storm's calm, bring me my pillow. I'm still, I'm still sleepy. Peace. It's so easy to lose your focus and allow imperfect circumstances to destroy your peace. How do you hang on to peace when you're just broadsided with bad news? You have to learn to rest in his presence. Realize that Jesus is there to help you endure. In John chapter 14, he says, If you love me, you'll obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. In other words, I'm not going to abandon you. I'm with you. John 16, Jesus said, I've told you these things so that in me you will have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. In other words, I'm bigger than the news cycle. I'm bigger than the chaos. I'm bigger than the challenges that are out there today. I'm bigger than the storm. The key question is, are you resting in Christ's ability to see you through the storm? Peace. I read about a man who not long ago was holding a contest for a painting to find a painting of peace. And so he sent out word, different artists were to provide a painting that described peace. And in this contest, they would show one painting after another of some tranquil scene, some beautiful scene. People gasp with joy as they're watching this. 
And then it came down to two paintings, both covered. And the crowd was waiting to see what they were like. And the first one was a mirror smooth lake reflected with green birches under the soft blush of an evening sky. Along the grassy shore, a flock of sheep grazed undisturbed. Surely this was going to be the winner. But the man who started the contest then unveiled the next one. A tumultuous waterfall cascaded down a rocky precipice. The crowd could almost feel its cold, penetrating spray. Storm gray clouds threatened to explode with lightning, wind, and rain. And in the midst of a thundering noises and bitter chill, a spindly tree clung to the rocks at the edge of the falls. On one of its branches reached out in front of the torrential waters as if foolishly seeking to experience its full power. And on that branch, a little bird had built a nest in the elbow of the branch. Content and undisturbed in her stormy surroundings, she rested on her eggs, her eyes closed, her wings ready to cover her little ones. She manifested peace that transforms all earthy, all earthly turmoil. And that's the peace we need. We're needing the shelter in the wings of the only one that can offer it. That transcendent kind of peace that transcends understanding is what we need in the midst of the storm today. You've all probably heard of Horatio Spafford, the father of five children who lost his real estate in a great Chicago fire and then he lost his son to death. It looked like nothing could be worse until he lost his four daughters in a shipwreck. All five children had died He then decided to travel to the middle of the Atlantic where his daughters drowned and he stopped in that place and he penned the words to a song we sing. When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. And Lord, haste the day when faith shall be sight, the clouds be rolled back as the scroll. The trumps shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. The Apostle Paul said it this way in Philippians chapter 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's the peace that passes understanding. Only God can give you that kind of peace in the middle of the storm. And if you don't have it, I want you to consider today whether or not you're resting in His presence. Are you spending time with Him? Are you reading the Bible? Are you spending time in prayer and worship with Him? Or are you blaming Him? Or are you trusting Him? Are you spending more time on the news cycle or in social media than you are spending time with Him? If you are, then you're, you're a candidate for chaos rather than one who is just prospering in His peace. Christ's peace is internal, but Christ's peace is also transformational. It's a transformational peace that relies on his power to reconcile relationships. I think that one of the reasons people are struggling today with peace is because they might be struggling with other people. The favorite form of exercise in uh, most boys' physical education program is a thing we call dodgeball. It's a game where, uh, whose roots, I think, go back to the Colosseum in Rome. I mean, it is a, it's a live or die kind of, I'm taking you out. Friends have become enemies. Boyfriends and girlfriends have 
hit one another in this game. Sides are drawn. Each team gets half of the gym. And when the game begins, the balls are all placed at center court. The whistle blows, and it's a free-for-all. Everybody with any courage seeks to run to the middle, grab a ball, throw it to somebody on the other side, get them out by hitting them, and uh, it is really an all-out war. And, uh, and then one person on each side oftentimes is left standing. And if you're struck by a ball by the other team, you're out of the game. But only one, when one person is left on, on the team, it becomes a no boundaries, no holds barred. The gym becomes their battlefield. That is dog eat dog. It's a game where the winner is left standing. But listen, if you hit your boyfriend or girlfriend, it can be a pretty lonely victory. So just keep that in mind, all right? And I think sometimes we take that game and we translate it into adulthood. And I think it's kind of like we have this feeling that I'm going to win at all costs. I'm never going to say I'm sorry. I'm going to win the battle. I'm going to win the argument. I'm going to keep my foot on the throat of my oppressor. I'm going to battle till the end. I'm going to conquer the opponent. And in the end of that, it could be a pretty lonely place. And so maybe today you're at odds with someone and there's not much peace in your life. Maybe there's been alienation in your family for a long time. Or maybe there's somebody you're at odds with and you don't speak with them anymore. Maybe you go through the motions at family dinners, but the relationship is gone. There's just a separation, a barrier there, and you know it. You have no peace about it. And you say, boy, one thing I need is I really would like to be reconciled with that person. Christ came to help reconcile relationships. John 15, he said, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I've loved you. My command is this, love each other as I've loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that they lay down their life for their friend. In other words, just as Jesus Christ came in the middle of an alienated relationship between the world and God, Christ came and said, I want to reconcile you to my Father he now says, with that same kind of sacrificial love, I want you to love one another. Take time to get over your struggles and feelings and hardship and say, I want to try to reconcile. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, anyone who's angry with his brother will be select, uh, subject to judgment. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift at the altar. Go be reconciled to your brother and then come back. It's amazing. Reconciliation and forgiveness can be a long process, but just the first step of reconciliation can often bring peace in our life. Now, I know the Bible says as far as it depends on you, try to live at peace with all people. And sometimes the other person, they're not going to respond. But as far as it depends on you. So do you or do some of you need a few minutes from now to make a phone call to somebody in your life? Do you need to stop at a neighbor's house on the way home from church? Do some of you need to really put your arm around somebody and say, you know what, I'm sorry. Let's not do this anymore. I'll own my part. And uh, that's all I can do. Can we move forward together? Hebrews 12. It says, make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. That bitter root of, of alienation. And so maybe one of the reasons you don't feel peace today is because you're alienated with somebody. And remember that Christ's peace is a transformational peace that allows alienated relationships to be reconciled. And the third thing that I see 
And this is so helpful to me, especially in the midst of everything that is around us, and that is that Christ's peace is an eternal peace that trusts in His promise to welcome us home. His peace is eternal. It's a lasting peace. And I know there are a lot of things that are robbing our peace out there today, but I think one of the biggest ones is this big kind of elephant in the room, and that is the fear of death that so many people hold. I, I heard about a pastor in Seattle that um, was having a big kickoff Sunday, and it was the weekend after Labor Day, and everybody was coming back, and they went to do something for their children's department, and so Barney was very popular then, and so they brought somebody from their church, was going to be Barney, and he's in his big Barney costume. This was going to be a huge hit with the kids. Kids will love it. The problem is, Barney is a big scary dinosaur, and not all of the kids loved Barney, in particular, this one little boy the problem is his mother works in the children's department, so she couldn't be with him. She had to go serve. And then the dad was like, listen, I'll take care of him, no problem. And he was consoling him. He had kind of gotten the kid over the fear of Barney until the moment in the worship gathering where they're going to take communion. And his dad was one of the ushers. And his kid didn't want to leave his side, so he's like, listen, we're going to go. It's like a warehouse like this. He said, we're going to go over to the side room, and I'll just have you standing here. Don't worry. Nothing's going to harm you. Everything will be fine. I'll just have you standing here while I'll go serve communion. What he didn't realize while he was out serving communion was that was Barney's dressing room. And so now there's the kid in the side room, and here comes Barney, who he's terrified of. And now he's, he's totally cornered. Just him and Barney in a room. The kid starts to scream bloody murder. He's like, he's screaming so loud. Everybody in the worship gathering is all concerned. What is happening with this kid? Barney doesn't know what to do. And so he, I mean, he doesn't know. He's not used to playing Barney. So he pulls the helmet, the head off. And now there's a person inside of Barney. And the kid is really freaking out. He's like, he ate somebody. He ate somebody. And finally, the dad uh, saved him. And can I just say, I think there's this, this huge kind of purple dinosaur elephant in the room, and that is this, this big thing called death. And I really think that one of the reasons we've reacted so much, and, and COVID has caused a lot of challenges, but one of the reasons we react a lot to it is because it's put us face to face. And I see this a lot in young people, especially. It's put us face to face with, uh-oh, the reality of our own mortality. And, and so we wonder what will happen, and we're concerned about that. It robs our peace. In fact, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 15, speaks of people who all their life live in slavery of the fear of death. And there are people today that are very, very afraid of this, and, and it is the devil's last weapon. And, and the Bible calls death Satan's last weapon, and, and it's, it does rob us. John chapter 14, Jesus, though, said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. And yet so many of us are afraid of this, confronting our own mortality, dealing with the reality of that. And we always wonder, what will happen when I die? And until that we have that question answered, we will always live in fear of that issue. And some of you today, you really are concerned about this. You're living with physical challenges, or you had a bad medical report, or maybe you're, you're at the end of your life, and you, you've already processed a lot of these things. 
And you know that day's coming. So how do we answer the question, how do we get to the other side? Jesus answers it in John 14. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Romans 5, Paul writes, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we now have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ and through his death. But he also writes in Colossians, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Christ, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And Jesus said in John 14, Because I live, you will live also. In other words, don't fear death. I've got this taken care of. I've defeated death. I've defeated the grave. And one day you will walk from this side of heaven to the other side of heaven. So no matter what happens, you can have peace in this life. I've been inspired for years um, by the story and the ministry of Bob Russell, who led a large church in Louisville, Kentucky called Southeast Christian Church. And, and I followed him closely enough that, um, that I would follow his blog now. But over the years, I used to listen to his sermons and things like that. And very encouraging to a lot of pastors and a really wise word. But I remember when his grandson, Charlie, was born as his first grandson, and he was so, like, happy to have a grandson. He'd talk about him all the time. And he said my grandson would call him Bop. That's what he said. His name's Bob, but his grandson would call him Bop, and he would talk about Charlie. And I remember stories about Charlie. But I certainly know Charlie a lot better now because Charlie had contracted COVID. And it was in the middle of all of what's been going on, but also, his wife, Faith, was pregnant. She had their baby, Charity, two floors down. He was two floors up in the hospital, couldn't see the birth of his daughter. He was able to hold it on Zoom and watch the birth. Since then, things became a lot worse. We've been concerned as a staff, praying for him regularly. Um, and he's had the ups and downs. He's been on the ventilator and then on the ECMO machine as they're trying to reoxygenate his blood. He has a long journey ahead of him. So if you pray for Charlie, thousands of people all over the world are praying for Charlie and their family. But people wonder, how will you respond in the middle of these times? I mean, Bob has been a longtime pastor. Faith, his wife, and she's a nurse. How would she respond? Well, I read on her post recently. She said this, many have asked how I'm doing. That's a very long-winded response, but I thought I'd be good to share a little about what it's been like for me. She said, never has it felt so loaded to answer that question. I've experienced one of the greatest joys in my life and one of the lowest lows of all at the same time. I can honestly say, however, that I've never felt such strength and peace that can only be explained by God breathing it into me. When Charlie was in the other hospital in ICU and I was pregnant, nearing my delivery, those days were a different kind of hard. I was so scared of delivery, especially without having Charlie there, and constantly worried about him and worried how I could be there for charity as their mom while Charlie was so ill in the hospital. I felt weak, incapable, and scared. I'll add that I even struggled with anxiety about becoming a mom uh, pretty severely during my third trimester. She writes, Thanks, pregnancy hormones. So then to add a very ill husband in the ICU that I couldn't be with just added to my anxiety and stress. One day, a few days before I had her in one of my many uh, breakdowns, I shared with my mom how I felt like I couldn't do it. I couldn't deliver charity or be the mom charity needs right now. She said, my mom uh, held me close in the most loving but real way, told me, Faith, Charlie needs you to be strong for charity. He needs you to be her mom. 
For some reason, that really sunk in and changed my perspective. I still went to my delivery pretty anxious as we drove to the hospital, especially adding that I learned uh, less than 12 hours before that I need to be induced that night. But God blessed me with the most amazing nurses and made me feel so comfortable and at ease. Then he blessed me with a five-hour labor. Once charity was in my arms, every anxiety, fear, and worry I had about being her mom completely disappeared. Another total God blessing. And I'm so grateful the transition has been so natural. I didn't realize it, but I think God also knew how much I needed charity during this time. That our whole family did, for that matter. In Charlie's song that he wrote her, he talks about her name bringing us love and life. How fitting and true that was. She's been a comfort and joy to us in this trial. And then she goes on to talk about the moment that they almost lost Charlie. And she said through every tear, she was right there and so was God. He's shown his faithfulness through the blessing of Charity's life and by all the little miracles he's done to get Charlie where he is today. They're still in the storm, but they have the Prince of Peace on their boat. Maybe you could pray for Charlie and the, the, really the thousands like Charlie as they're processing through this time of their life. But this is the moment where faith's faith really came to be tested. And in the end, she's saying to all of you that the Prince of Peace is the one that's leading the way for her. That's an eternal peace. That's an eternal perspective. That's an internal peace that comes knowing that Christ is at the helm. It's a transformational peace in her life. Have, have you all seen this picture of uh, Jesus? It's a very famous uh, uh, painting of Jesus. What you may not realize is that this was done by an eight-year-old uh, girl. Her name, um, Akian Kramerik. She had what she believed to be visions from the Lord at age four, and she began to process these visions. In fact, she has done many beautiful portraits. This is now probably her most famous portrait and uh, done at eight years old. It was also featured in the movie Heaven is Real with a little boy who passed away and then came back, said, yes, indeed, that's what I saw in my uh, dream as well or in my visions of the Lord. Well, regardless... Uh, she was asked one time why she drew uh, or painted Jesus like that, especially his eyes. She said, I wanted specifically for him to look at the viewer. I think the reason I wanted to do the eyes this way is because I wanted him to speak to the viewer. Whoever's looking at it, it's almost like a personal conversation, an intimate conversation that only the viewer can understand. What you may not realize about this painting is that it had been taken for many, many years. In fact, the family years ago put this up on what they thought was an exhibition, but the painting was stolen. They finally, through a legal battle, were able to get the painting back. They hired an agent to once again put it on exhibit, and instead of putting it on an exhibit, he sold it. The painting was gone for 16 years. 16 years. What we learned later is that the man who, was, who got it, uh, he really didn't care that much about it, and certainly his family didn't after he died, and they stored it away under a dark staircase. Finally, this family was able to get it back, but it had been damaged with uh, some of the, just the shipping and also just having it hidden out under the staircase for such a long time. This painting of Jesus, she entitled The Prince peace. 
what I want to tell you guys today is this. The same Prince of Peace that inspired an eight-year-old girl is available to you today. He's available even in the darkest place. The Prince of Peace is still there. To the lonely, to the anxious, to the hurting, to the single mom, to Faith, to Charlie, to you, to those on the right, to those on the left, to those who are pro this, anti this, all of that comes together just at the foot of the Prince of Peace who says, hey, why don't you do what the old song says? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world, all those things, will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. God, we're just so thankful today for the fact that in the middle of the storm, you are at peace. You know what's going to happen. We don't. You know the future. We don't. You know what's to come next. We don't. And God, we trust you. God, for those today who need that internal peace, I pray that they spend time in your presence. They don't want to be ignorant of the things in this world, but we also don't want to be consumed by the things of this world, God. So help us to spend time with you. Help us to spend time with joy and just having that hope. God, for those who need transformational peace because they have alienation of relationships, God, I pray today that you would enable them to overcome those barriers as far as it depends on them to reach out. And God, for all of us today who are just mere mortals in this world, I pray, God, that we would have an eternal perspective realizing that the Prince of Peace says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. I will take you from this life to the next. I will give you hope. I'll lead the way. So God, today, that kind of peace is the kind of peace we desperately need. We ask for it, we pray for it, God, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray.